0: Oh, man. Welcome to Cordycast.
1: Hey. That's all I got. <laughs> That's it. Welcome That's to it. <laughs> We're done.
0: <laughs> hey. Uh, hey, uh, first, before we start this episode, we really want to give a thanks to our patrons. Uh, Andres, take that away.
2: No, what? You didn't tell me to do this.
1: What? Oh,
0: man. Dang. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to thank, uh, Gary. Thank you, Gary. He's here.
2: Thank you, Gary. Uh,
0: uh Thank you, Calvin. Uh, thank
2: you, thank you, Calvin. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Max. Thank you. Uh, we got a new patron. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't my current. This is my regular computer though, so I'm not logged in. So this is all your fault. <laughs> and now they're gonna hate us.
0: Their, their, no, their name is kind of like Hanya Montana's name, actually.
2: Oh yeah, it was like something Dakota. Daytona. Daytona. Yeah, beach Florida uh,
0: Jackie
1: Daytona we appreciate you thank you that's a what we do in the shadows thing is it mhm i'm pretty sure it's uh i believe mm. it is an episode where uh they wear a disguise which is just like i think they have like a a cigarette or something <sighs> in their mouth and therefore cannot be recognized as who they are and they just go by Daytona Huh.
2: oh my god jackie daytona yes I, dig I still need to watch that show that's a good show i know the movie was incredible
1: yeah i i saw the movie like a year ago
0: um also uh we want to hear from you guys the listeners uh how are you liking the season two of the podcast so far is it better than
1: season one uh no <laughs> it's not yeah. no, i'm just kidding it's been great uh I think, but you know what? I really do wish that we had something to talk about today. Um, do you Me guys... Any, any ideas? Nobody? What about you, Andreas? Do you have any ideas? Or should we just call it?
2: Yeah, I just figured I'd
1: play I mean, this is season
0: two. It's kind of like kinda our sequel slash DLC, if you will,
1: of <laughs> of Files. Not... Well, in that case, what about this? What if we talk about sequels versus DLC. What? Which is good, which is bad. Are they both good? Are they both bad? Why? I think that's such a great idea. <laughs> I don't
2: like that idea.
1: Um, uh, well, that's a shame because I've already yeah, decided. No
2: that. and. yeah.
0: <laughs> no and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, then let's start name. simple. Uh, Let <laughs> I me mean, ask you guys, what is the difference between sequels and DLCs? um does anybody like why would you go for one i mean
2: well i was gonna say like
1: wants to know the actual difference he's not sure i yeah Yeah, okay
2: let me google it (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna say something like um sequels uh basically would be a game that you build off of like a new engine or trying to like the reason you would go for a sequel versus a dlc is because you actually want to Build like a new system to your game Mm -hmm. maybe add something that would be too difficult to just like build Mm -hmm. into the base game i mean i think the question would i guess go into the actual like development tools you use like unreal engine and whatnot and why it would be hard to add new mechanics to a game versus just like building off of the mechanics you already have you
1: know yeah, I well, would say that's the the biggest indicator um, for me between a sequel and the DLC besides the arbitrary numbering. Well, um, I was going
0: to say m- way more simply, like a sequel is like a follow-up to a game versus a DLC, which is an more addition content for an of, old game. Yeah.
1: it. Yeah. I, right. I look at a DLC as expansion of a current game's content and a sequel is where the game is going next right uh, if if it's a single-player story game it's where the story is continuing to beyond beyond like a simple one-off thing right and so i'm sure mm-hmm. it's
0: uh the preference is situational but uh thinking of your favorite games would you want like if you your whatever your would current you? favorite game is right now would you want it to have a sequel or a dlc and why or does it already have one coming out and are you excited about it
1: Hmm. Who wants to start?
0: Just start. Well, so you
1: have a you have time.
2: a really good game, Dave. That you yeah, that you are getting kind of both from.
1: That's true. Um, I uh, we all have. Well, not Kenny actually, but a lot of us have been playing Path of Exile, um, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. getting a sequel finally, which actually after, looks cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like after a decade of just Path of Exile, there will now be Path of Exile Two. Um, Podos. They, they redid so much stuff they're adding new classes and they're yeah they're upping the graphics they're doing a whole new campaign um but they're like in a unique like situation i guess like their their approach they've been doing constant active updates uh since the game came out and i mean they do seasons mm. that are a few months long and then after those few months they do a brand new update and what was previously there either gets reworked and rolled into the base game or gets taken away because it didn't work very well um mm-hmm. but the i guess the tough thing with that game is because it's free to play um, mm-hmm. it it's really hard to to say where they would have been if they had been charging for this dlc over and over and not just um selling cosmetics that Helped support their development. Um, they definitely, definitely mm. uh, have this advantage of a constant test with with um, the original Path of Exile. You know, um, if a mechanic works really well, they can expand upon it and and really implement that so, more heavily into the base game of Path of Exile too. At this point, so you know, a decade worth of feedback and they're having a sequel now.
2: So what, and also what is ultimatum? Did you already bring that up?
1: I didn't bring it up. Ultimatum is going to be their new season. Essentially. Mm. Um, That's more like a DLC kind of thing. Yeah. It's, you know, they are the epitome of a game as a service. They are constantly releasing new content, but that new content Mm. um, is free. So yeah. Mm everybody gets to play it if they want to um in in that respect they just have again like the ability to do whatever they want it's kind of bizarre because with ultimatum they're reworking so many systems they're adding new items they're changing the way that certain crafting elements work in the game and mm. they're i think they even added four new spells for it um but entirely dlc and it's going to change the way that the base game mm, is played okay yeah i i know that i'm not our residential expert that's steve he's unfortunately not able to join us today but we did recently do a twitch stream where we um reacted to the path of exile 2 and um the new season announcements so you can yeah check we had some of um, that out on twitch i believe yeah,
2: I mean, for now it's on Twitch. I guess by the time that this episode comes out, it might be gone. But we might as well just put it on YouTube then, right?
1: Yeah, I th- I thought the plan was either to pull it over to YouTube or get some highlights of like mm-hmm. the main things.
2: Well, that's something I can ask our uh, video editor to help us with.
0: So yeah, nice. Um What All about right. you, Andres? Do you have a favorite game that has a sequel, or you wanted to have a sequel or DLC?
2: Hmm. Um, oh my gosh, like I feel like I don't even have a favorite game right now. I'm just playing so many different things. It's been a minute since I've played something that has really captured me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I started playing uh Crosscode, which is not incredibly new, but it is um also, are you getting my uh my screen capture by the way?
0: Oh, no, I'm not. Thank you
2: oh okay it's yeah sorry I had my window running I'll just bring stuff up in case you see the video aspect of this podcast you'll Much also better. see us pulling up windows <laughs> um, crosscode and then of Which course you can get on you're Patreon. gonna see like all of my freaking history <laughs> um, okay crosscode game so basically um, crosscode is made by a radical fish and they don't have I mean I haven't gotten too far into it. I do know that they have some
0: bundle stuff. For it, it looks cool. It's a really pretty game. And I mm-hmm. love that you can uh like it, it breaks some of the traditional practices of a two D top down RPG, you know? Mm-hmm. Like like the fact that you were able to like just jump throughout the level like on top of like uh uh like railings and across the water instead of like mm-hmm. being bound by the sidewalk and shit. That was pretty cool. They- they put a lot of
2: detail into this game that I really enjoy. But and the live-action fighting? Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sorry. All I was going to say that doesn't really answer your question because I'm just trying to think of a game. My favorite games have kind of gotten sequels, and, um, like, Risk of Rain was one of my most played yeah. games on Steam, and that got that a was sequel gonna be and mine. That went from, like, 2d to 3d okay so, yeah sorry <laughs> yeah we're um,
1: all we're talking, or probably going to mention that one that's all my yeah well. i mean exactly. if we didn't
0: mention that one that would have been silly. you know
2: what game i've played a lot of that i don't even know how i would want to see a sequel of is duck game and like duck game is i would just want to continue seeing updates on it i know that they had a recent update um here I'll pull it up on Steam. Um, I know that they had a recent update where they added like eight-player instead of four-player gameplay. Um, but and we all played that. Like we got an eight-player oh. game. We had the tournament back last year. Uh, I don't know what I would want out of a crazy sequel crazy. though. Maybe <laughs> so, like updated graphics, but it's just it's hilarious the way it is.
1: So that's like actually my other game that I have listed is one of my <laughs> favorite games ever. Is Ultimate Chicken Horse. And mm-hmm. that game, in my opinion, you don't need a sequel. What else can you right. do? They've already got like the formula for that game. Adding a 2.0, I feel it, like, like adding a, a Ultimate Chicken Horse 2, like there wouldn't be much there. You like it'd be the same game, but you'd pay for it again. And they'd add mm-hmm. stuff that they could have just given as DLC for like five, ten bucks. And I would be just as happy purchasing that DLC as I would be. Uh, I'd be happier purchasing DLC than I would be a sequel because they're not mm. reworking anything. If it were the difference of uh, something like R- Risk of Rain where they went from 2D to 3D, that would be uh, a completely different story. But honestly, I have no idea how they would make this game 3D. Do you imagine a 3D platformer of Ultimate I, Chicken Horse?
0: That sounds really fun, actually. like yeah. I, I'm just imagining giant ass obstacles that you have to get through kind of like fall guys in a way yeah Mm -hmm. but like you build them yourself right
2: well here's a question why like um do these like super smash bros games usually get sequels Mm. yeah that's a good example because like up until now at least those have gotten basically sequels every single time like they didn't really have a way to add on i think maybe the last one the wii u one could have Added DLC characters, but I don't think they did before that, right? They just had hidden characters, yeah. And whatever you bought in the game was like what you could get, and yeah,
1: well, yeah. You're also comparing consoles to PCs, and like that—that that brings a whole different thing. I mean, like mm-hmm. they couldn't have had Super Smash Brothers, the Nintendo 64 game, just mm. updated frequently enough to be what. It, you know super smash brothers on the switches like they're totally unless you bought like an expansion
2: pack i guess yeah which is like the the current understanding of what a dlc is i feel like is an updated version of an expansion pack and yeah and like it's only it kind of works now for the pc realm you know yeah and for i mean you don't really hear i don't know relating this back to indie games like Indie games usually are kind of a one and done thing unless you have like a bigger studio, like something we were playing Spellbreak, and you're like, like risk, of risk of rain too. Updating that risk of Exactly. It's well, just yeah. like,
1: let's look at one of the bigger indie hits over the past few years, stardew Valley. Like, would you want a sequel mm. to that? What would a sequel to that even look like? This person spent so much time developing stardew Valley and they've brought out new content since then, like large, mm-hmm. significant updates. Large. Um, so it's true. Like I guess that begs the question like do some games even need sequels? Is there hmm. a point in time where it's just not even <laughs> worth doing? I think there's a lot of times where things just don't need sequels.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like just like in, especially in like if we're talking about movies but like in games too. Uh I don't know. I think I think if anything, sequels are more welcomed in gaming than they would be in, you know, movies or anything else. Yeah. Cause then it's just Yeah. You can play it and it like Yeah. It it just sucks <laughs> if it's
1: bad. I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess with that, um is there any DLC that stood out as like amazing to you guys? Like, this is like definitively what DLC should be for games? Or are there games that have just had such disappointing DLC that you're like, how could you have thought that this was a good idea, that it didn't fix anything or it didn't bring anything new to the game, and I don't want to mm. play this?
0: Um, All the DLCs for uh games like age of empires back in the day and uh some of the call of duties had some great dlcs actually at those times those were technically like expansion packs but still uh those are really great for me like i I thought those added a lot of interesting content
1: definitely um i think of civ like i'll buy all of the civ 6 dlc because Mm. they add new people so it changes the way that the game's played. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it adds like a new game mode or something like that, and all of that completely changes like your your strategy of it. Even though I know that of the civilization games, Civ Six is supposed to be the one that's significantly more broken and easy to manipulate <laughs> for easy wins. Yeah, um, but. You know, all of their DLC... I, I have every single one of their DLC packs just because um, I like the idea of adding new emperors to see how they play versus the other ones. Um, but every time they do a sequel, they kind of do rework something to try mm-hmm. to make it a yeah. better game. Whether or not they succeed is a different story. But
0: Yeah, like the Civ game sequels... I don't know. They, I I don't play Civ enough to really know, but they basically all feel the same to me.
1: Yeah, hmm. they're they're not rehashing anything. So, yeah. but they do update the systems and the Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, Which is that's a huge that's reasoning. kind of where like, they I remember
0: when remakes. Age of Empires 3 came out, and a lot of people actually trash on that 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 game. I found out recently, but. Uh, the graphics update was really good mm-hmm. and I thought like overall sound quality and gameplay was really interesting and uh, just, just, I thought it was just a great sequel. I thought it was a lot of fun and I thought it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I, I guess do want to DLC- say my yeah, yeah. least favorite DLC really quick, uh, mm-hmm. still to this day, has to be one of the initial attempts at DLC, which was done, by, uh, done for Oblivion and that was mm-hmm. the infamous Horse Armor. Horse the infamous armor, huh? horse
2: are, okay, tell me about it.
1: Uh that was I believe they charged five dollars, but it might have been more, and all it did was add armor for your horse. <laughs> that was the whole DLC. And That's amazing. Wow. Very much real world Was money. it expensive? Wow. It was pretty it was pretty expensive, yeah.
2: Five dollars for horse armor. I mean, did you use your horse a lot in Oblivion? Not really, no. Oh my god. Wow. Well,
0: well, why not?
2: The, I mean, I was just going to say that i brought this up. Like, I've been bringing up Binding of Isaac for a, a while now because they had that new DLC for, which is, it's kind of confusing. It's like DLC expansion packs. They're basically like considering it new game plus 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 Um because Binding of Isaac will never have a sequel. And that's sort of like expected from it because, yeah, you don't really have to fix that game. You just like keep adding more content to it. Um so okay. like that has had really well received and really badly received DLC. And this new one I think is really unique because as I've mentioned before, it's um a d de- it's an expansion pack that was made by a mod community. And then the dev Edward McMullen, he actually took that those devs and had them work on that expansion pack, but putting it like properly into the main game and fleshing it out and polishing it. And it was also directed by him this time. So nice. they ended up expanding on this, but it's like a $15 or $16 expansion pack, which is almost like buying a new game. But apparently, yeah. it adds like that yeah. much content to it. It adds new characters, it adds new dungeons, like everything. Um, and, it- and assumably, the last one they'll ever have.
1: It's, it's worth noting that like a significant amount of development work went into it, so I wouldn't expect yeah. something that sizable to be given to me for free. Right, mm-hmm.
2: exactly, which I think a lot of people get upset about, like, why am I paying more for content for when I already paid X amount of money for a base game? Which, I think that argument goes more for $60 games than they do for like $20, $30 yeah. games. But you still hear it thrown around. Yeah.
1: It's, for me it's a lot about the the perception of it like if it's something that was organically developed over time cuz you know from feedback some you know the developer has learned oh this is what people are asking for this is what mm-hmm. they want this is how they want to play the game that's a completely different way of providing dlc than like let's say for example you release a $20 whether it's a $20 game or a $70 game you release it and then Three days later, you've got a DLC for it, and you're like, you know, it feels like you guys just wanted to charge more money for this, but you could have Mm. included it in the base Mm -hmm. game. It's only been three days after, you know, after all. I think that's something that more commonly. So you're saying
0: stagger it out more. Yeah, (laughs) definitely.
1: Well, spacing it correctly helps with the perception. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whether or not the intent was there to like bleed your users for money it feels like it is if you release a game and then a few days later you release yeah. a DLC and you're like now there's all these other features but pay me 10 extra dollars mm-hmm. for them
0: mhm so let's talk, let's talk about uh good sequels uh, a little bit too good and bad sequels cuz we, we we talked a lot about uh DLCs what do you, do you guys have any good sequels um i Hold mean on. obviously we've already said mm-hmm. Risk of
1: Rain 2 so that's yes. like that's a big one in terms of good sequels. How, um, how are you feeling about Baldur's Gate three? I've personally never played Baldur's Gate one or two, but same be, because it was completely and they're like very taken, old games, right? They're they're fairly old, um, but they're it's almost like not worth talking about because they're taken by a different studio. Baldur's Gate right, one and two right. were mm. developed by a completely different studio than Baldur's Gate three um beam dog yeah and so like the games Ooh, don't even that. play the same anymore
2: interesting
1: yeah they, Like they went a whole different way with it because you know
0: but ultimately I, I think it was i think it was the right move like it feels great i've i mean i guess i can't really say because i didn't play the <laughs> once again but it feels like it was the right move i mean it got people it got mm. us interested which That's a huge success for a game company to get new players who'd never played the old games to be interested in a a third in the franchise. Also, go ahead. I I
2: was just going to say that this is, Baldur's Gate is really interesting because it is, like since, like Dave said, Larian Studios took the license over. They are not the original devs. So like they Mm -hmm. basically took a game that they loved, hopefully loved, and really wanted to, like, bring it back into the new era, you know? Like, make it Mm -hmm. new for people, like, Mm -hmm. wanting that D&D experience, but wanting it, like, completely updated. And that reminds me of, like, our past talk about Rogue. I kind of brought that up, that in the past, like, in the 70s or 80s, when you made a video game, there wasn't really time for sequels. Like, the next version of that game would be somebody else making that version of the game. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the that's where the term roguelike comes from because roguelikes were literally just rogue sequels made by fans. Hmm. And, um, and like, that's originally what it was. And so that, that's really interesting that Baldur's Gate kind of jumps into that. Well, we, I'm sure there's a lot of games that, I mean, I wonder how many games there are like that, where it's like the fans came in, took over and wanted to create a new version of it because they didn't want that license to die.
1: Yeah, you know. I, it is interesting to note that because this is an officially licensed D and D product, um, they—I mean—they made a essentially made a bid for the license. It right. boils down to something uh, both more simple <laughs> and more complicated than that, where they <laughs> yeah. were they were asked to take it over um, because yeah. um, Wizards of the Coast was very interested in Divinity Original Sin 2 and the way that Larian Studios developed that. And they, I guess, oh, felt them, as yeah. though bringing that style of gameplay to Baldur's Gate would open up more possibilities to make it play more like a D&D experience. and mm-hmm. experience. Um, right. But uh, a lot of fans were pretty upset by um, Larian taking over Baldur's Gate because they switched... I believe this is the case i believe it's uh they switched over to turn-based because that's what larian studios is best at is turn-based combat but i mm. think baldur's gate one and two may have had real world elements to their combat as well mm-hmm. um so but i'd have to double check that um my
2: my sequel that i think of right now is actually delta rune if you guys know about it i, know. So, I don't Delta Rune is the sequel to Undertale. And basically Toby Fox, who made Undertale and made like every single element of it, I believe Toby Fox made the music, they made like the art, they made the system, they did this entire game by themselves. And now Deltarune is going to be the sequel of that just with a team. But um, they released Deltarune for free as like, quite, kind of out, of out of thin air. Uh, nobody was expecting it, and it was just, like, a single chapter. And if you know anything about Undertale, you'll know that Deltarune is incredibly muddled with, like, secrets, and you don't really know what's happening because everyone really loved the world of Undertale, so you don't know how it works in that same realm, but there are definitely references to it. And it ends on a cliffhanger with a lot of, like, open-ended questions of where is this game going and what's going to happen. And, um, but the problem was that Deltarune, um, didn't really come out as like a game that was expected to continue, like, updating. It was Toby Fox saying, I want to make this game, I just need the backing for it. And so that's yeah. where it left. And, uh, I would have to see if there's any updates to it because I really do want that to continue getting more chapters. And I think he has planned chapters already, but just depends on him and the team that he creates. I remember there was um I think Devolver got tagged in the original Twitter post and they were like, "Yes, we're in" or something like that. So, was hmm. that Devolver or Hopu, Ho- but it was a uh, basically we just need like this Undertale sequel to actually get some legs um because I really enjoyed it. Like it just it felt like it was linear, but it was really goofy and it was really like interesting. But it was too short, and now it just makes me want more, but there's nice. like no real expected updates to it you know it's very secretive, very like kept close to the chest by the people making it interesting So
0: that is interesting yeah I did not know any of that um
2: I'm gonna look a little more into it if you guys, but Kenny did you mention a sequel
0: um I didn't um uh I have some honorable triple a mentions uh that I have to talk about. And the first, well, one of them, I'm going to end it on a kind of a double A game. Um, okay. But obviously, uh, going back to what Cam's been saying in our chat, uh, Jack and Daxter, that sequel, mm-hmm. uh, fucking amazing just because they took such a dark turn and i think someone said this like that was like the thing to do back in the day is like have a nice friendly kids game and then bam it's dark now like jack not talking in all of the first game and then in the second game his first lines are i'm gonna kill praxis (laughs) because he's been tortured for like the last 10 years oh yeah and that's like how the game starts you just and you just see a cinematic of him being like shocked and like he's bound to a table and being shocked by this thing and then Daxter comes in he's like hey buddy I finally found you or whatever and he frees him and uh, Jack's got these like new like dark powers and it's like holy shit this is a different game and there's just so much new to it and it's such a different world from this like nice countryside where you're just jumping around and Mm -hmm. stuff and it goes to this like really kind of grimy city that also has like cars that you can drive and it's just it just felt so much bigger and like there was so much you can do anyway that was honorable mention number one number two left for dead actually most of the valve games portal uh portal 2 uh left Mm -hmm. for dead 2 half-life 2 like all of those uh all especially i think portal 2 might be my favorite because i think originally portal was created by one person who was doing it as like a school project or something. And then Mm. it just got picked up because there was, it was a great concept and people were like, I think it got added to the orange
2: box and that's how it like blew up. Exactly.
0: I remember the orange box.
2: Which Um, uh, does anyone, can anyone TLDR the orange
0: box? uh, It was like team fortress two and portal two. And I think something else half life, Um, half life. Yeah. And And it was just, you could get those as like a bundle and i th- I think that was it. It was like something very else.
2: rare it technically in like
1: Xbox history, yeah, yeah, it was but, like this fun thing where they just decided to package multiple games together and sell them, yeah, um
2: also, just to but, say, uh, like there is a notable dark difference, like an like oh adults yeah. theme difference to the Jack and Daxter box set from like one to two to three. Yeah, you can tell. and I mean, I yeah, actually brought this up too. to somebody and back then, I mean, like, I think at around that time, it was a trend to make your sequels this like, darker version, you know, like Kingdom Hearts went from a Disney, like, kind of Square Enix game, but mostly Disney, very, like, heartfelt, very much like friendship and blah, 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 like friendship beats darkness. And then Kingdom Hearts 2 just, like, blew it out of the water because it was so much more of a Final Fantasy game and actually, Mm -hmm. like, building into those, like, really darker themes and exploring, like, more mature kind of, like, angles. I don't know. And the characters were all older. Like, there was a time skip. So Mm -hmm. I think you do that a lot with time skips. It's just, well, your characters are older, so now there's going to be older themes.
0: Right, yeah. And it's it's interesting, uh, going back to... uh, Team Fortress, uh, I don't think I I don't know what the original Team Fortress like looks like or uh, Team Fortress I only Classic know of... looks
2: like. Uh, CS:GO, I think.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. So Team Fortress Two, Look I know, it was super super oh popular. Yeah, that's a wow. huge jump.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: and the cartoony take uh, uh-huh. that it is kind of now, and like the cinematics that they were putting out, it was it was so good. Uh, I, I, uh, I mean, if if you're of the younger generation and you're listening to us and you're like, mm-hmm. "What's well, Team Fortress?" Well, it's basically what uh Overwatch is now, but back then, is it battle? I think oh, it's not fair. battle I feel royale. Like it's still it's, a pretty
1: it's pretty popular PvP game. Oh I yeah, arena, still shooter. arena shooter. Arena shooter. Yeah. Yeah. It's a class-based arena shooter.
0: Yeah. and it's still getting played. I feel like it started today. the the whole class-based arena shooter kind of genre.
1: Definitely definitely popularized. Would have been one of the pioneers, if not the first um, major one. So Um, I I think
0: what
2: we're getting at a little bit is that our favorite sequels are games that took an aesthetic jump from the first to the second. Something that visually and a
1: mechanic jump.
2: Yeah, and a mechanic jump. Um, Mm -hmm. Just like update, like more things to do, more like another
0: one that I can throw in really quick. yeah, yeah, uh, Yeah, Rocket League. Mm-hmm. Uh, going from super rocket-powered battle cars to Rocket League, like we did genius. Rocket League,
2: but that was that was a there's Rocket League two.
0: I mean, well, no, that's not a Rocket League two. Uh, it was that's technically is Rocket League two, or I mean, I it's understand. super-powered rocket-powered battle cars two is Rocket League.
2: Oh, super-powered battle cars was a separate game, and that was like the spiritual predecessor.
0: That was yes okay
2: just from the same like a psychon psionics or whatever they are
1: yeah i believe so super i wanted to throw a couple dishonorable mentions for triple (laughs) x which is uh throw it at us uh crackdown to crackdown two to crackdown three nobody asked for crackdown three everybody asked for (laughs) crackdown two and it was a disappointment that's that's a big one for me uh it was like oh this is a sega also i need to correct myself really quick no idea what that is andres it's um, supersonic,
0: <laughs> aerobatic, rocket-powered battle cars.
2: <laughs> Super-
0: that was the crackdown being. 2008.
1: It was okay. uh, an Xbox 360 title, Andres. Just to help you out. Thank you. Um, crackdown musical artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not working well. Um, there you go. And so that's crackdown three. Um, which. I mean it was, honestly they should if they could have just went from Crackdown 1 to Crackdown 3 that would have been like the sequel to do but Crackdown 2 was like in that weird point where like zombies were in every game for no reason and then it was like <laughs> oh we're going to do like our take on zombies too and I was like okay
0: you know the call of duty series speaking of zombies had some solid sequels until they stopped having solid sequels and then it just got very
1: very repetitive and then um the other one that i'm gonna throw out there is in my opinion the entire gears of war franchise the first gears of war you played it you're like wow this is like a visceral like completely different kind of game it reminds me of how doom was just over the shoulder strong over the top kind of violence and gore Mm -hmm. for no reason and then uh gears of war 2 they were like we made the same game but with a different story uh but we did not fix multiplayer and we will not yeah that's that's what they do with (laughs) a
0: lot of sequels i feel like is they they make the same game with a new story but don't change anything else really but gears of war 2 i played with my friend in
2: like in I played it in high school and I was in love with that game. That shit made me cry. Like there are some really heavy, well written scenes. Oh, we in hit it of war <laughs> <laughs> too. Listen, the first. I'm just not of like going to let you shit on like good. every the game. The story
1: was very good. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I mean I'm not going to say it's it the best game ever. It was the multiplayer aspect that really threw it for me because you're like, well half the point of the game was the multiplayer and you didn't. And you like, think you, two was bad? Yeah, all of them had the same problems as the previous multiplayer. Like, the biggest issue with the multiplayer from Gears 1 was that it relied on host connection. And if you Mm -hmm. had the host connection, you just won every fight that you were in. If there was a chainsaw fight, you won because you're a host. If there was a shotgun fight, you won because you were the host of the match, Mm. etc. And then in Gears 2, it was like, well, we, like, made this battle mechanic for the chainsaws. So if you're both fighting with the chainsaw lancer, lancer, you can, like, Mash the B button or whatever it was, and if Mm -hmm. you mash it more times, but then it was like, Oh, but this person was the host, and therefore their inputs were measured faster than your inputs Hmm. were because there's no ping from them to the game server, so then they won the battle. So it was the same thing, and shotgun was the same thing. It was like, You are the host of the game, you win the shotgun fight, no questions. So yeah, I was just like nostalgia,
2: like, and you're like, this fucking sucked technically. It's like, <laughs> Which is, I that. mean, yeah, that's I, fair. Just like, Probably would it, hate going back to it.
1: Yeah, it took away the the uniqueness of the concept of the game was taken away mm. by the multiplayer being kind of, in my opinion, almost unplayable. When I'm aiming at somebody and I hit them on my screen, but I'm not the host of the game, so my screen doesn't really matter. That's when it like goes out the window. Yeah, I guess I'm sure there's a answer.
0: lot of other sequels. I know we we just like hit a huge stride of a bunch of sequels that just pop into our head. <laughs> but we do got to move on. Um, if if you're listening and you think of anything or think of something that we needed to mention, uh, you know, let us know in uh, Discord or let us know
1: on uh, Twitter or wherever you like to let people know about things. What I do <laughs> want to take away from this is that. Triple A sequels bad, indie game sequels good is uh, almost entirely what our conversation yeah. was, other than Jack and Daxter, right? And uh, some of the Daxter. Call of Duty. Yeah. Well,
2: I feel like a lot of times with indie game sequels, you are really like it. It is always a system and like an engineering update to the game itself, because you're not gonna. It feels
1: more like a labor of love. Yeah, or like
2: yeah. that you now have the the funding and the backing to create more for this game. And I mean, if you like, we a lot of us play Oxygen Not Included, and that's probably not going to ever get a sequel. But it it just keeps expanding on the base game because it's just like a yeah. learning game. Although yeah. Don't Starve Together is technically a sequel to Don't Starve, but it as a sequel, it's just letting you play the game in multiplayer. Right? Ugh, there's yeah, just so many they could
1: have just added that. That's like one of the yeah. ones that could it throws could me. they
2: have just added yeah. it though? Because why would they have yeah. made? Together, if they couldn't, like maybe they couldn't for for it. more money, yeah, probably for
1: more money. I assume yeah. that's true. But but also, yeah, I mean, like we can't, like guess. that's what so, I would do. <laughs> like, maybe actually, maybe the infrastructure so th- of it didn't support it you exactly. Know? Well,
0: this is really great because this actually leads into our next question: How long should a developer work on a game before deciding to add a DLC or a sequel?
1: Um, I have a different answer whether it's a DLC or a sequel. All right, okay. DLC. I think should not be added until the developer has fixed any initial issues that pop up <laughs> after a 1.0 launch, not you after should, three days either. Yeah, right. You should <laughs> Like if it takes three months for you to fix everything and then you start mm. an, and then you announce DLC and you're like, Oh, by the way, we've now done everything that you guys have asked. This game is exactly what we wanted it to be. And everybody else is happy with it. or Roughly the majority of people mm-hmm. are happy with it. Now we're going to focus on adding more content. That's like a completely different approach than, um, Yeah, we hear you, but also we don't want to fix this stuff, so just buy this content and still play the same game where we're not ever going to address any of the issues that you bring to our attention. Which are two very different strategies that uh, companies actually employ, it seems. (laughs) I'm now
2: just thinking about what does it cost you as a game developer on Steam, on Epic, any of these platforms, to add DLC to your game versus releasing a whole new game. And I'm sh- right. I feel like it would That's be easier to add DLC to a game that you've already published because I feel like adding a whole game is just going to be like a whole new entry of all of the data that you had to add in the first place, but I also would be interested to know in like to know what the the monetary barriers are. Like what does it cost? What is it? What do you have to do? What's the paperwork to add DLC to a game on Steam? And epic and whatnot, you know? Um, because there might be an encouragement for some people to just create a whole new game versus like having to go through some I don't know BS of adding information to your base game. And I feel like a lot of DLC fixes bugs. Like that's what you look through in the patch notes. For example, we just saw chapter two of uh spellbreak, which is technically DLC but i mean it's not like you're not paying for it it's just like free, it's free for the DLC, game. yeah. right but like at in the chapter 2 notes at the bottom it's all of the bug fixes on top of everything else they've added so i don't think it always has to be separated.
1: like oh yeah no it it you know doesn't. I mean? um so, i think of um i think of destiny though destiny 2 especially um following hmm. the same path as destiny and charging for all of their various dlc packages uh, and they're like we're so not going to fix anything unless yeah. you buy this dlc until they did like their largest dlc for destiny 2 at the time um and at that point in time they're like okay all of these fixes they'll go into the base game but if you want any of the content that comes with these fixes then you have to pay us another 30 plus dollars and you're like. Mm -hmm. i don't want to i'm sorry (laughs) yeah and i mean like it sounds
2: like the harder the harder audience to please is audiences of like mmo games and games that have to like go to like multi big multiplayer games i mean destiny's a Uh, yeah i would say
0: first person shooters it's a really hard audience to please right
2: whereas like a, a small story game like we were saying stardew valley you have like a Less toxic community. <laughs> I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. You just have like, more wholesome, more community. wholesome. Thank you. Yeah. Or, uh just like it's they're more focused. Like the updates they're asking for is like farming updates, you know, or just like bug mm-hmm. fixes for relate or like relationship fixes. Blah blah blah. I gotta be honest. I like I know so
0: little about Stardew Valley. I have no idea what kind of seek C- or like SD. Uh, wow, DLC would go into yeah. Let's I mean, let's add a whole what if multiplayer added- to it. Oh, that's like they? Well, yeah
1: it's one of the arguments against like don't starve together right is they just fucking stardew valley he just they just gave it to you so they, you can just add together. yeah they, but yeah, that
2: depends think, on the uh the 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 base game that depends on like what uh what the what fucking was built um, in yeah exactly. it depends you on you start having some
0: co-streams with uh cryptine say again because she, she plays we need to do some, like, co-streams with Cryptine, because she yeah, plays Stardew. Yeah, a lot of
2: Stardew, yeah. And, I mean... That'd be cool. I would love to play the multiplayer with her. I I tried getting into Stardew. Like, the only reason I didn't is because it's one of those games where I feel like you have to do a lot of research in order to really... It's a lot of time. Yeah, it's a lot of time outside of Committed. the game before yeah. you play the game, because if you play the game and you're trying to learn while playing, you kind of waste time. And mm. And so, like, you would have to basically in order for me to enjoy this game, I'm going to have to watch some tutorials on like how to start a game.
1: I, I think maybe it's because I played a lot of Harvest Moon as a kid, but yeah. like to me, it, it all seemed very intuitive and it always follows the same. Like, I mean, you start with relatively nothing, relatively little money mm-hmm. and you run through the game. And as you run through the game, you learn better strategies for farming. You learn better strategies mm-hmm. for, um, for watering everything. And you're also upgrading your equipment. You know, like uh, oh you God, go from a, a watering horse. can that can water one square to a watering can that can water yeah. three squares, and stuff like that. It's it's just um,
2: you know what it is. I'm just really uh, bad at resource management, which is
1: why I'm always poor. So, I, <laughs> so I, I get really bored in Life Sims, though. Mm, yeah, kind of same. same, actually.
0: Well, since we're on the topic of indie, uh, let's continue and just say for dev teams that are small, uh, like uh, Innersloth, for example, uh, the creators of Among Us, what uh, are the pros and cons of sequel or DLC uh, in that respect? Because going back to Among Us, they were going to come out with a sequel, and then the game blew up, and they were like, actually, we'll just do some DLC stuff instead because we got a community. And, it, and they went back and fixed a bunch of stuff, and mm-hmm. now they just added the new map, so...
2: And the map's huge, which is it's almost like huge. you just want the other maps to be as big now. Um, right. But I think Among Us is a very weird special case because this is not... this is Among Us is no longer... Um, only kind of centered around the gaming community, it's become an international hit. And because Mm -hmm. of that, I think it's going to be a lot harder for Among Us to get Among Us 2 into people's homes versus just building off of the game that people already have. Like, I feel like I just experienced that through, like, help desk shit, is just people would rather stick with what they already have, and then you just like tell them how to update it and fix it versus, like, buying a whole Mm -hmm. new game. Because Among Us 2 is like what would you, you we're saying like we would probably want a visual update to it if anything True. and yeah, it's probably going to cost more than $5 and it won't be like free on half of the systems Um, it just it's it seems more sensible to just like almost in my opinion to just keep updating Among Us because the last thing I said before we started was Jimmy Fallon just joined Twitch which was an, a tweet from the Inner Sloth team and the first game he played was Among Us Alexandria uh, Ocasio Cortez like played Among Us, and those streams got like millions, like a million plus followers, plus people watching it. So, why, like, just continue updating your game, right? Because people have it in their library.
1: Yeah, it's an I argument. mean, there's definitely the advantage <laughs> to that, but at some point in time, like, what are the limitations of your system? Really, is is what, or I guess, of their whatever they built it on. Like, what are yeah. the limitations? Toward sure. how they develop this game. Can they not add new customization options? Can they not add? I think they were initially talking about um, other multiple people being able to be the same color because they were going to have a different identifier that mm. showed you like maybe a name on top of their head or maybe some other like like significant enough identifier to help make it um better for those that are colorblind. Mm, right, um, right, right. And yet they still haven't done that to my knowledge unless they did it when they've released this new map. No, but um, you do notice that they like the the they actually did update the colors
2: of the indicators on specific games so that they were more uh more easier to see for colorblind people. Like they have been that's another thing talking about it being an international game is that it's now has to be ADA compliant. You know, it has to yeah. kind of, it really does have to lend itself to every audience because it's kids to adults to seniors, like disabled and fully able, like everyone has to be able to play this game. So you have to. Would you say,
0: work. would you say either of those is like a pro or a con?
2: I think it's, I mean, there may hopefully they're still making money i think that's what matters is that they're making money and that they're able to start working on whatever they want but it does definitely put them in a corner that like people are probably asking more for updates to among us than they are asking for among us too
1: right well, how are they making money when they bring these updates these updates are free you know yeah true so, yeah also, but
0: they have a, they have they have also skins. the dlc the yeah the dlc skins that you can get that's true. And that I mean, was I just cosmetic updates. And, or I, something. and it, Kyle said himself that he's dropped uh, several dollars <laughs> <laughs> on Among Us to get new skins. And, and he, I mean, uh, he had the mobile game, bundle. and then he also got the PC version. Yeah.
1: Well, and the mobile game was free, so it's not like that set him back at all.
0: Right. But if he bought skins on there and then went to PC and bought skins again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and then that's when you add carryover progress and you add I mean I mean they could easily work on Among Us Two and say, like, hey, anything that you bought, we're putting these same skins into Among Us and we'll just give or Among Us Two. So anything that you bought on Among Us, if it's tied to your account, we're mm-hmm. just gonna port that over for you. Like there are ways to work around it. That I think I think the pros for them of making Among Us Two would be that they could uh flesh out their idea a little bit more and and add some New features that would be easier um, mm. in a in a in a new build of the system, mm. rather than trying to fix what they developed on already. Um, mm-hmm. The con being they would, like you said, they would lose a significant amount of the audience. Yeah. Um, because they probably wouldn't be able to put it immediately on mobile, if on mobile at all. And so mm-hmm. you would basically just have the console audiences and the PC audience, um, and you'd take away a lot of the accessibility of the game by taking it Mm. off of mobile. So those, those would be my pros and cons to the sequel.
2: Yeah. I feel like the
1: sequel would just end up
2: having too much and it would be like it would, you, there would almost be a learning curve versus like among us one, which has no learning curve at all. And that's why it's so accessible. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It it yeah, they're kind of stuck in a a weird position, but they were yeah, I mean it's it's good cuz they're still getting popularity, hopefully whatever they do next gets a lot of traction as well. Cuz they were just like also the game for quarantine 2020 and that is something that will never be forgotten almost. I know that sounds dramatic, but like there will sure. be history books that mentioned that like gaming took like a a center stage during this quarantine and and among us is one of like the top five games that was talked about during this entire year It's among us hades um fall guys uh
1: which animal crossing almost got there yeah they were were it was for for us second in the spotlight (laughs) yeah for i mean overall like it was it was a game that The success and the failure of it hinged entirely on the pandemic. And that's a
0: sequel as well. Yeah, (laughs) that is is a
2: sequel. Yeah. And that built off a lot of stuff. But like the weird thing about um, Animal Crossing is that people are still waiting for DLC in this sequel to be equal to what they got in past games. They're still waiting for Mm. elements of past games to be ported into this new game. In a new way, but in a way that they still recognize, you know.
1: Yeah. So that but again, is, I, yeah. the difference between console and PC. You can't just you can't just play the old Animal Crossing on your Switch. Oh right, you yeah. Have to exactly. play this one. There's right. they didn't redevelop the old game for the new console. Which is what, mm-hmm. and, and right.
2: <laughs> I guess that originally is sequels. Is that like sequels were normally PC
1: mustard race? God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. Uh, just needing to go on to a new system, you know, versus DLC. Yeah. You just have
0: it all on the same
2: one. Hmm.
0: So. So. Uh. We've been talking. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. If uh. If listeners, if you have anything that you think we didn't touch on, uh, let us know.
1: Or if you'd like um, us to go into more detail on any specific part of. That's that. true too. We, we will revisit
0: is- a topic if it's got enough. Uh, requests.
1: Yeah, I mean, this Boy. is we, we always do a lot of scratch-the-surface conversations. You can go so into depth with sequels and mm-hmm. DLC. We're not making the distinguishment between games as a service and DLC, where the service is those free updates. Um, we kind of wrap that all into the idea of DLC. That's a whole different topic in and of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. There's so many different ways that you can take this conversation. And if you want to hear us talk about any of them, let us know. Let us know.
0: Peace. Peace. All right. Uh, that's it for us. I'm uh, um, Cordycast out. Till next time.
1: This episode is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers, our Cordycast hosts, our audio engineer, musical master, Gary, and you, our listeners. If you'd like to join our community, find us through com, which has links to all of our platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, Discord, and more. On behalf of everyone here at Cordycast, thanks for listening. This is Beans saying Cordycast out.